This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's News. Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Good evening and welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellata, your host. Today, we are exploring the profound journey of grief. It's a roller coaster of emotions we all experience when we lose someone dear to our hearts. But amidst the pain, we need to try and discover the incredible strength that lies within us. Grief is a universal emotion that touches all of us, reminding us of the love we shared with those who've left us. It's natural to feel lost and overwhelmed, but remember, you're not alone on this path. I want to dedicate this show to my beautiful nephew, Marlo Bellotta, who tragically passed away on July 2nd, 2023. And losing him has turned our lives upside down, affecting not only me, but mostly his parents, his brother, his grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends. And the emptiness we feel is indescribable. And being an empath team seems to make this journey even more difficult as I feel everybody's pain around me. And I'll be honest, hosting today's show felt challenging, but I knew I had to return with a purpose. I want to offer some support and help not just myself, my family, but also for all those of you out there who may be grieving the loss of a loved one. It's a difficult journey, but together, We can find ways to cope, heal, and find strength during these tough times. And joining me to talk about this today is Dr. Tiffany Lewis, a registered social worker and lead therapist at WellBe Family Wellness in Toronto. Dr. Tiffany is a compassionate and highly experienced professional. When I look at her, I just want to smile. (laughs) Um, She's dedicated to supporting the mental health and wellness of individuals, adolescents, couples, and families. And today, Dr. Tiffany will guide us through understanding how grief can affect us as well as the path to healing and supporting ourselves and our loved ones through times of loss. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Tiffany. Yeah, thank you for having me today. (laughs) all right I'm like I got this I've got this you do you got this we got this Um, now grief can manifest in various ways affecting different aspects of our lives Mm -hmm. the experience of grief is unique to every single person and I'm feeling withdrawn I I have a loss of of, I feel like a loss of interest in regular activities loss of appetite I couldn't nor did I want to celebrate my birthday last Sunday having a hard time sleeping, feeling depressed, angry, sad, angry, and destructive thoughts, you know, at times. Yep. Um, so what are some other common emotions or reactions that individuals experience during the grieving process? So when we lose somebody, it reopens other experiences that we have, whether that's grief and loss, even trauma, because uh, it mimics it mimics that for us, right? So it can look really similar to PTSD. So all of the things that you mentioned, um, denial, shock, numbness, confusion, emotion dysregulation, irritability, helplessness, withdrawal, anger, difficulty sleeping, not eating, overeating, right? So there's a whole, there was like no right way 
to actually move through this. There is so many things, hypervigilance, hypovigilance, panic, jumpiness, like everything that your nervous system is thrown off. So there's a plethora of things that a person can experience from time to time during the grieving process. Now, does grief just ever truly go away? Because I heard it, it doesn't. I heard that grief just doesn't really go away, that it just gets easier to cope with. How might it evolve over time? Like, what, what will that look like? Yeah, so I read this fantastic article, and there's been a lot of grief, not not just in the community um, at Welby where I am, but even our family experienced the loss of a of a small child a couple of weeks ago. I'm so sorry for your yeah, loss. So I am with you. <laughs> I'm holding it together with you. But it's, well, it's interesting because there's grief and then there's grieving. And grieving goes away. So grieving is the crying and the like inability to adjust to normalcy again, right? It's the withdraw. It's all the things that we just mentioned, right? It's like kind of being out of control of your emotions. Grief actually doesn't go away. So grief is like the, the, the loss that you feel, right? Like the awareness that the person isn't here anymore. That's grief, right? That's like that sadness. That's that knowledge that like, okay, this is what it is now. And so it does change over time. It's not the, um, what would you call it? Like the body splitting, soul crushing pain that we feel now. Mm-hmm. We learn to adapt because what happens when we go through grief is it's new learning. Whether or not we go through grief often, or this is a, like a, a single, our very first incident in loss and grief, it's learning. So the brain, the way that the brain works is it just takes time for it to like normalize that like this is what's happened. This is what we've lost. This is the experience. And in that, we learn new ways of functioning. So we learn how to essentially live without this person and just their memories. So it's not always going to be this painful. It might come in spurts, but the absence of the person will always be felt. But the love and memories that you have of that person are the ones that become more comforting than painful. So with time, it shifts into into. I think like a better understanding that this is reality. Okay. And we often hear the phrase time heals all wounds, but is there a danger in rushing the healing process? Oh yeah, absolutely. Any healing process, right? Especially when we're going through grief, because I think we aren't listening to ourselves if we're rushing it. And if you think about how you feel in the immediate days following loss, nothing makes sense, right? We're kind of questioning. We're just questioning. There's a bunch of questions. And if we return to normal, what happens is we suppress it. So you can imagine it being like pushed down, like with a weight that has effects on our bodies, on our nervous system, on our brain functionality that like we can only deal with that for so long until our, like our window of tolerance kind of bursts open. So because of the trauma, when we experience loss, it isn't helpful for us to just push through it and go back to work and, um, you know, rush the healing process because like we may not be ready for that. We may need more support. Yeah. And I feel like people naturally want to withdraw because Mm -hmm. I find myself a person who always wants to talk about my issues to find a resolution, but not Mm -hmm. in this case. I naturally just want to withdraw. Call. I don't want to pick up the phone. 
and have that conversation again. It's just too painful. Just like when I first, I even, I just looked at you and I started crying. I, 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 when I logged in here, you know, the guys are like, welcome back. I wanted to cry. Every time I have a conversation with somebody new, I just want to cry again. And I know that for some people joining a support group and sharing their feelings and experiences with others who've gone through something similar can provide comfort and validation. Mm -hmm. How can someone who is struggling to cope with the loss of a loved one find support and healing during this challenging time? And I don't know, we may, you know, have to go into the next segment with this question, but please like share. So it's interesting, right? Because the feelings of withdrawal, as much as as the therapist, I want to say, like, don't withdraw. We often do like need a little bit of time to ourselves to just kind of sit with us, support us. We're our, you know, we always say you're your own best friend, right? So sometimes we need to be able to trust ourselves through the process and and be alone with ourselves because it's incredibly painful. And I think that's the thing too, right? Is that like, we need to be able to grieve in the way that we need. And so I think sometimes it's having grace with the fact that like, we might need to be isolated. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a time limit, right? But we we might need alone time. Yeah. And I feel I, I struggle with this because I am an empath. And I feel really bad for my parents who mm-hmm. would see my nephew almost daily. And so I feel like yes. I need to take on that role. Like I need to be the one showing up in his place. Yes. But yes. it's also often hard for me because then I can't get away from it at all. Yeah. Yep. And so that's where I'm finding a bit of a disconnect. Yeah. And it's, I, I, and this is what I hate to say about grief, like that feeling is totally normal, right? Because what, what you're doing is you're recognizing the void that you now have. And because you're empathic and because you're, you're compassionate and because you love your family with your whole heart, you think, how can I stop them from hurting so much? How can I show up in a way that like heals them? I'll take everything on. I'll do it. If it means no one else is hurting, I'll do it. And us knowing that about ourselves is kind of the key here because the truth is no one's expecting that from you, right? Like I think everyone wants to be okay and wants to feel loved and wants to have their arms wrapped around each other, but no one's expecting you to have it together enough. And I think we need to, this is why I, I always say have grace with yourself, because if we know that when we're starting to feel very empathetic and very compassionate, and we're also grieving, we start to lay it on thick. This is kind of that conversation we have with ourselves where we have to pace ourselves. It's time for us to pause for a quick break. Stay tuned as we continue our conversation on dealing with grief right after this. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's News, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, and we're continuing our exploration of grief with Dr. Tiffany Lewis. So let's jump right back in and start to unpack how we can support our partner or friend or family member experiencing grief. Tiffany, welcome back. Thank you. Before we get into all that, though, is there, I don't know if there's such a thing as I can get through this on my own. Can people get through this on their own? It's an interesting question. And I think because grief is so individual and isolating, 
of an experience, there is a component of you getting through it on your own, right? Because like it, as much as it is shared, it's still individual. But the short answer is no. And I say that because sharing similar experiences with others, especially surrounding yourself with people who are grieving the same person, can actually not only build community, but it it helps with the connection to move through it, right? Like there's love in pain and there's support in pain. And in that there's relief too. And so I think as much as it is individual, we really need people. We really need people. I agree with you, Tiff. I, I, can I call you Tiff? I don't of know course. I feel like yes. I can call Please you call me Tiff. Tiff. Yes, you can. <laughs> but yes, I, I mean, I, I, I bet people can do this on a, their own if they really, really, really wanted to. But I, why, why, why right. do you want to? Like, why yeah. do you want to? When there are so many people that want to support you and be there for you. Absolutely. And and grief can be uh, overwhelming. And it's not uncommon for emotions to become volatile. Yep. I had an experience the other day. I literally blew a gasket and I thought, would I have reacted the same way if I wasn't grieving? Like I lost my mind screaming. Yeah. Uh, like I think the neighbors heard, heard me because yeah, <laughs> just the way they were looking at me walking out the door. And I thought, boy, you know, what did they hear? But, and, and now I look back and I'm thinking that was embarrassing, but how can we try to manage our stress levels, our anxiety and emotions while working through grief? So this is my favorite question because when it comes to grief or stress or like any anything where like our nervous system is thrown off, the basic answer, like going down to the roots of it all is like maintaining your routine, hydrating, eating well, exercise, trying to sleep, like the base, yep, the basics of being able to regulate your system because you're over-processing, because you have high levels of cortisol, because you're stressed out, everything is overworking. And mm-hmm. so the the most important thing we can do if we can't, formulate a thought that makes sense or if we can't really in like it at times emotionally control ourselves routine the basics of drinking enough water the basics of laying down if we need a nap the, like this is what helps us kind of maintain balance even though it's not 50 50 so I think it's being able to kind of go back to the awareness of maintaining some sort of healthy wellness routine. Yes. And I keep reminding myself that I have to remain healthy. Like I have to take care of myself because I have to be there for everybody else as well. Yeah. I force myself to take walks and eat (laughs) and eat healthy, not put junk in my body because eating junk makes me feel worse about myself. Yep. Now, what about people who need to go on medication, like antidepressants, sleeping pills to help them cope and get by? Because let me tell you, I try meditating every single night, but it's just not enough. I need to slip a little gummy bear in my mouth. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm not sleeping, right? I'm just not sleeping. And even with that, I... I found like last night, just restless leg, you know, and it's 2.30 a.m. and I've got restless leg and I'm thinking, man, I'm, I, got, I got to host radio tomorrow. I've got to work. I just, I don't know. So I'm never opposed, right, to, to uh, clients needing medication ever, because if we're struggling and we're suffering and it is actually imposing on our ability to be healthy, then talking to your family doctor and actually being followed so that it isn't just a here's your medication, see you later, so that there's a goal 
set a goal, right? We don't always want to be on sleeping pills. We don't always want to take antidepressants. We, we, if we need it to help us with a little bit of the mental release, then we should be able to seek that out. And that's okay. That's okay. Cause I and can those, only imagine. Yes. And those things can be temporary. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that you need to take those pills or whatever no. you need forever, but just, yep. just temporarily to get you by. Yeah. I yep. believe in that too, because you're right. If you're not sleeping and you can't function, like, what's the point? Because yep. you're not doing yourself any good because if yep. we don't sleep, we, we are not healthy. And it's chemical too, right? Like when mm-hmm. you experience loss, you experience like a chemical imbalance. So all of a sudden, all of those happy chemicals, like our oxytocin and our dopamine and all the good stuff, it's depleted. Serotonin's depleted. So you're not going to sleep because you have high levels of stress. And so it's chemically affecting your ability to regulate. So this is beyond you because this is such a, as much as it's a natural thing, we know that death happens. There's there's no way ever to be able to process this in a way where we're like, yeah, that makes sense. I think, especially when we're losing a child, that's mm-hmm. unnatural, right? That's something that I think really, really hits in a way that we can't say, well, they lived a really long, beautiful life. There's situations that actually require more support than just deep breathing and exercise and sleep and medication may be the temporary solution so that we can get help so that we can put routine into place so that we can feel a little bit of relief to start the journey towards healing. Yeah. And I agree too, um, because sometimes loss doesn't seem as bad. For Mm. example, when my grandma passed, she was 94 and she lived a good life. Yep. My uncle was a little older um, and that was tragic, but we knew he was passing. Whereas my nephew was 22 yeah. and it was so tragic and it was unexpected. And I, it's, I just can't get over it. It's just, yep. it, it hit totally different and really, really hard. And yeah. I feel bad for any parent having to go through the loss of a child. I got yeah. my heart just pours for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I emphasize with you. Uh, so much. And that's another reason why I wanted to host this show today. Now, as a, as the partner, Mm. or the friend or family member of somebody going through grief, uh, this must be hard for you. This must be hard for you too, if you are listening, what are some important things that um, they should keep in mind, Tiffany? So one of the biggest things is communicate, like communicate, communicate, communicate. And I Mm -hmm. say that because like, if processing each other's emotions becomes too much, don't push, right? Like the underlying thing is like our loved ones don't always know how to support us. And our loved ones who are also grieving and who are watching their partners grieve, like they may not have the answers. We don't have the answers on how to grieve. And so I think it's okay to let our partners know that we don't know what we're doing. I Asking like, how can I support you? What is it that you need? Maybe taking something on like if we're living together, right? Like kind of taking on the picking up of the kids or the laundry or the dry cleaning, like just kind of doing a little bit more to support. I think also too, for everybody, and I say this as the therapist, therapy, because I we can't always process everybody's things. We don't even know how to process our things sometimes. And I think the safest way is to make sure that everyone's kind of covered with their own community so that they have something extra on top of what we can give. 
in our home. Give extra little love and tender care. Yes. <laughs> to your partner. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like doing little things that, you know, will lift up their mood or uh, yep. make things easier for them. Right. Like you said, doing the laundry, cleaning up the house, just keeping trying to keep their stress levels down. Now, yes. And grief can lead some people to withdraw. Right. Like yep. I feel like I'm withdrawing a bit. How can partners strike a balance between giving space and then offering support during these times? So I think that's the hard part, right? Because in that we do need to communicate with our partner who's grieving and say, like, what is it that I can support you with? I think it's all, like even encouraging, right? Why don't you take some time for you? Why don't you why don't you have a moment? Why don't you take a bath? Why don't we try this? Why don't you sit with me? Why don't you come and sit with me? And I think sometimes it's having our partner, like you mentioned, right? Kind of take the lead on being able to encourage together time and then yes. encourage solo time. Because when we're grieving, we don't know what we want. We don't know what we want. We don't know who, if we want to talk to somebody. We don't know if we want to stand up in this room. We don't know if we want to lay down. And if we have someone coming in, literally wrapping their arms around us and saying, why don't you come sit on the couch and let's watch that show? You don't even have to pay attention. Why don't you just let me hold you? That's fantastic. That's one less thing that the person has to reach out and say, I could really use help. So it's kind of nice if we have uh, people in our lives who can who can do that for us. Okay. Um, and uh, Tiffany, I lost my train of thought. You know, that's another thing. Grief leads to brain fog. I don't know if I'm coming or going. Is that yep. right? Mm -hmm. is that, does that sound normal? Yep. I lose my train of thought. I mean, I did before. <laughs> now I'm really losing my train of thought. Well, yeah, because you can't ask you something, but I forget. Yeah. Yep. It's all the, it's all, it's yeah. You chemically like, and, and I say this cause like we try to make sense of so many things like, oh, maybe it's because of this or maybe because I feel like this it's chemical. Your brain can only handle so much trauma at once. And what it does, and we know this, like with the stress response, it starts to shut it down, right? Like you're shut down. It's doing it to protect you. So anything that adds stress on top of you experiencing loss becomes a fog. Oh, yeah. Okay. So normal, <laughs> normal, but yeah. We need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation on healing after loss. I also want to ask Tiffany uh, about how parents can help their children understand and navigate loss. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellata from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellata and I'm joined by Dr. Tiffany Lewis today as we explore coping strategies and healing after loss. Before the break, we were talking about how one can support a family member or a partner or a friend um, as they're going through loss. Now, let's talk about children, because children can also experience grief differently. And so how can parents help their children understand and navigate loss? So you're right, kids, it's a it's different in the sense that we need to be able to give them space, like non-judgmental space, an open space, all the space to be able to ask any questions, to speak freely, to come up with their own ideas as they process what it means. And I think a lot of times what helps with kids is play. 
right? It's not just sitting down and having a conversation, it's being able to play. So it's activities that encourage storytelling so that our kids can explore their own feelings about loss. It's drawing pictures about feelings. Maybe it's role-playing so that they can express how they're feeling. Um, We can do this by even reading books with our kids about loss. And so I think helping our child build community by telling other adults in their life. So if they're in school, telling their teacher, um, any coaches, healthcare providers that this, these children are going through loss helps also kind of be more informed of what the kid is going through, what they're, what our children are going through to be able to offer support in every area. But really it's about keeping an open space for them whenever they want to talk about it. Now, what about teenagers? Um, because I'm thinking specifically about my nephew. He's 17. He just lost his only brother, yeah. his only sibling. And I want to be there for him and offer support. But again, like I'm not really 100% sure how and go about it. You know, I opened up my home to him anytime you want to come by, anytime you want to have a conversation. He bought a puppy the mm. day after um, to help him. Yeah. And uh, I think that's helping a little bit. But if there's anything um, that we can do to help teenagers going through mm-hmm. loss, Teenagers are tough, right? Because we remember being a teenager and everything was internalized. We internalized everything. And I think that's the thing too with our teens is that like, we almost have to be as proactive with them as we are with the adults. And to say like, I think it's time we go talk to somebody. I think it's time just for this time that maybe once a month you have a space to just dump out whatever you want. You don't even have to talk about this. You can talk about whatever. Because I think what happens for teenagers too is that they don't want to feel judged not that they would be, but that's a lot of what happens internally when kids are growing up, right? When our teens are growing up is everything is like, is that the right answer? Am I going to be judged? Is someone going to tell me that's not how I should feel? And their feelings are so intense as well that they don't want to put that on anyone either. So you think about how you feel and not and wanting to support. They also don't want to put it on you and kind of let it all out because they think, well, they're sad too. So with our teens, I think it really is encouraging and maybe making appointments for them to have a space. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Now, can you share some practical steps that people can take to work through their grief and rebuild their Mm -hmm. lives after a loss? Like, What are some actionable steps that someone can take right now? And I'm talking, you're talking to me here. um, (laughs) And then hopefully my family will also listen to the show. And I'm not sure who else will listen to the show, but hopefully we can help a lot of people. Yeah. So biggest thing, and we touched on this a little bit too, is maintaining the structure and routine that you have, the one that you had prior. So it's getting up at the same time. It's maintaining your morning routine, whether that's you have breakfast right away, you go for your walk, like start to get back to some balance, something where there's control. What happens with grief and in processing loss is that like we feel out of control, completely out of control. Our day is thrown off. Relationships are thrown off. Our life is thrown off. And so practical steps might mean starting to set times again, starting to set your schedule again. So where you're going to kind of maintain some normalcy. I think also too, we, we talked about it practically, like just check in with yourself. Ask if you need a drink of water. Ask yourself if you have eaten yet. Ask yourself if it's time to maybe call your spouse or your partner or your best friend or your mom. So I think it's more so like being aware, like having a a little bit more self-awareness to 
get back into how am I feeling? What do I need? And what's next? Day by day, hour by hour, simple. What am I going to do between 2 and 3 p.m.? What about setting goals for yourself? Yeah. I love goals. Oh, yeah. Goals are great because I think when it comes to setting goals, naturally goals make us feel accomplished, right? Like they kind of set us up for success if we're setting appropriate goals. And I think if we were to set a a goal to wake up at nine o'clock every morning, we hit that. That's the easiest, right? Like, of course, I wake up at nine o'clock every morning anyways, or I don't even sleep. So I'm up at nine o'clock. And I think if we can set a goal and meet it, then that helps us kind of realize that like we can get back to some form of life. We can meet our own expectations and we can trust that we can pull ourselves through it. So basically setting realistic goals can be just as simple as, hey, okay, so I'm going to, you know, try to wake up at 9am tomorrow morning or, um, I'm going to try to eat a little bit more today or yeah. that kind of thing. So taking small steps towards rebuilding your life yep, and not putting unnecessary pressures on yourself to move on really quickly. Yeah. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Okay. Now, um, opening up and being vulnerable can mm-hmm. be really difficult for some people. Yes. Myself being one of them, I think. Until I start talking to you, then I cry like a baby and then we're yep. good. But can you share some tips for those who struggle to be open with their emotions? Yeah. I don't want anybody to bottle this up inside. Like if you're grieving, please cry, let it out, talk to people, don't keep it in. No. And I say this a, a lot, actually. I had a I had a client yesterday who was grieving uh she had miscarried. And so we had talked about like, what am I supposed to do with all these feelings? And I said to her that grief is an energy too, right? Like it has to go somewhere. We can't keep it inside because it's energy. It needs to be released. That's why we cry. That's maybe why we're a little bit angrier than we need to be a little bit more frustrated. We have all of this energy. And I think for people who struggle with their emotions, really like what they can do even on their own is journal, journal to help them process things, write letters to people, um, send emails, send text messages so that, because I feel like half of the time, what scares people in letting their emotions go is like, oh, they're going to see me cry. They're going to watch me as I tell them how I feel. And then there's this vulnerability and, and embarrassment. And I think if we're having a hard time being able to express our emotions, we can creatively do that. We can take a painting, pottery, spin class, go to the gym. We can find ways to release it first before we give it to somebody else, because maybe we need to process it in a way that makes sense for us first. One of the things I tell my clients who are experiencing loss and something to think about as they're going through their journey is it can also be helpful to write to the person who's passed, because sometimes we have so many things we want to say, and we have so many feelings about what this means for us, that writing to them can also be incredibly cathartic and we can still feel connected to their memory. I speak to him, Tiffany. Yeah. I speak to him every day. Yeah. And I ask him to give me signs, but then I also say, but please don't scare the shit out of me. Yes. I said that. <laughs> I said that to my grandparents when they passed. And my Did you? grandfather said too bad. And they scared the and they scared the crap out of me. So well, what did they do? See, you're very spiritual, so am I. I so know. they um they used to flick my lights on and off. 
Ah, well, I had a spirit in my path, like an old home that did that, but more than just that. But yeah, that was them. That doesn't scare me, though. The flickering of the lights doesn't scare me. me. What would scare me? Oh, see, that doesn't scare me. What would scare me is waking up and seeing a figure right there. Boom. That would scare me. Yes. When my grandfather passed away, my um, ex-husband saw his his likeness in my daughter's bedroom that's so. comforting for me um in a sense like i just yes i don't want to wake up and see it like no like as i open my eyes and what is that because it's gonna yes. scare me but yes. yeah anyways we need to take we need to take another quick break we'll be right back stay with us we are talking about dealing with grief today on the dating and relationship show we'll be back Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta with Dr. Tiffany Lewis. Let's get back to our chat on finding support during times of grief. Now, Tiff, how big of an impact can have, well, can faith have on the grieving and healing process? Because if I didn't have my faith, if I wasn't spiritual, if I didn't have spiritual encounters in my past, like I have, I'm not sure I'd be able to heal. It's the thought of someone coming into your life, making an impact, and then never seeing them again, the thought of just never seeing them again. That would be an even harder pill to swallow as an atheist with no religious beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, it's um it is interesting, isn't it, to think about like how big faith is when it comes to processing grief and loss and afterlife and it's also too like answers for us, right? Like it's how we like to think of seeing that person again. We don't want to believe that there's never going to be that chance. However, grief and faith are separate. So when someone is experiencing grief, all of us experience the loss of that person, right? Like everyone who grieves, whether atheist or Catholic or Christian, all experience the loss. They all recognize that that person's um, presence was incredibly important in their lives. So they still grieve in the same way that we grieve. I think what elevates it is that those who have a strong faith and kind of believe that we will see each other again, that's the peace, right? Like that you were talking about, the peace that we're like, there's comfort in that. For someone who may not believe that that is what's happening, they can still find healing in what that relationship meant to them, what that person brought to their life, how important that was for them, and what that meant for like their own growth and wellness. And I think when it comes to processing grief and knowing they'll never see them again, that's also how they're going to cope. What are, how are they going to use their coping skills to be able to move through that? Because the truth of it is, as much as we can have faith and think that there's going to be a time where we're reconnected with our loved one, they're still not here. And so that's why I say faith and grief can still coexist, at, right? Like we still go through the same thing. And so I think faith is a way for us to ground and for our community members who may not have that same faith they can still be grounded in that relationship and how important that was for them. 
And Tiffany, are there any misconceptions about grief that you want to address or to clarify maybe? Like, what do you wish more people knew about the grieving process, if there's anything? So I think one of the biggest things is it isn't time stamped. And it and it isn't, like, you can't put a marker on, oh, well, that was just your grandparent. Oh, that was just your in-law. And I think that's, would love to get away from this because everyone has different relationships. Everyone connects differently. Everyone is impacted by loss differently, differently. And so I really, really like always, always stress that you lost a person in your life who you cared for. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter the extent of what that relationship was. It's loss. And so I think it isn't linear. It's not going to be like, hey, six months from now, you should be feeling this way. It is messy. It's unorganized. It comes in waves. One day we're fine. Two weeks later, we're a mess. And I think having compassion for the messiness of the grief process can help kind of eliminate the misconceptions that like, this is what it should look like. You know, that's right, Tiffany, because I did have a day last week where I felt pretty good. Mm. But then I came crashing down right after that. And I've been a mess ever since. And today I thought I have to pull myself together. I need to get back to my regular routine. And I have to be a big girl. I have to wear my big girl pants. And I'm going to host this show today. And I may cry. That's okay. I'm okay with being vulnerable. If I can help other people, I'm okay with being vulnerable. And of course, I want to help myself too. Yeah. Now, what about grief when it resurfaces again during milestones, anniversaries? That's going to come up. Yep. How can people navigate through these triggers, through these triggers, and find ways to honor the memories of their loved ones? Yeah. So I love rituals for this. I love when, whether individually or collectively with family or community, that there is a plan to celebrate this person or this time whether that's sharing memories, sharing photos, going to their favorite places, playing their favorite song. It's painful. There's no way it's not going to be painful. But I think a lot of times like we can make it happy and painful. It can be a celebration and it can be devastating. And I think if we have room for all of the feelings we're going to feel, then it doesn't feel like we're suppressing anything. And so when we get to a place where we're ready to do that, celebrate it or acknowledge it as a positive experience collectively, I think that can be an incredibly healing moment. Some people take the entire day off um, and don't talk to anybody. Some people spend it with one person. Some people will spend it at the place of rest. Whatever it is that you decide that you need on those days I think that's important in the healthiest of ways. Deciding what you need on those days is important. What resources or tools um, would you recommend for those looking to learn more about grief, healing, and finding support? So first and foremost, I have to say therapy. I think therapy is a fantastic thing. Uh, Support groups. There are clients of mine who found incredible support groups, either through their local community centers or through Facebook, Um, reading about grief. There's some great podcasts. And I think like resources would also be the people in your life who are also experiencing this loss with you. 
what better support than somebody who actually knows exactly how you feel and can speak to how wonderful this person was that was in your life. And so I think when it comes to learning more about it, as much as I hate the Google spiral, there's some really fantastic resources online about grief that help normalize our process and actually help kind of um, put into perspective what it might look like for us. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining me today. And thank you all of you for joining me as well. And I hope this show can provide some comfort and guidance as we navigate through our grief together. Let's honor the memories of our loved ones and find ways to heal and cherish the time we had with them. Wishing you all strength and healing. And Tiffany, you are so adorable and I love <laughs> your energy. And as soon as I looked at you, I I <laughs> smiled. Um, I cried, but I also yes. smiled. But you are a therapist. Yes. So if somebody would like to chat with you, um, I don't know, come and yeah. meet with you, where can yeah. they so you can find me in Leslieville. I am at WellBe Family Wellness. We do virtual and we do in person. And so you can find me there. Well and Dr. Family. Tiffany Lewis on Instagram, correct? Yes. Dr. Yes. Tiffany Lewis. Yes. And you can find me on Instagram as well. I haven't posted in a while. I think the last post that I made was um, was about my nephew. Yes. Uh, but I need to get back on track. Yeah. So hopefully I'll be posting shortly and my account is official Laura Bellotta. And of course, guys, I do run singleinthecity.ca. My business is still running. So if you're single and looking, um, check us out. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Until next week, ciao for now.